Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'll be speaking with Amanda and Tom Dyer of The Unseen Documentary Film. The Unseen Documentary follows Jess and Ryan, Ronnie, a blended family with eight children, including Lucas, who has profound disabilities requiring total care. Their situation has gotten more and more challenging as Lucas gets older and stronger. With limited resources and support, caregiving takes a toll on their physical and mental health. It's a common story among parent caregivers. The isolation, uncertainty about the future, lack of options, and a never-ending daily to-do list means the role of caregiver overpowers nearly every other facet of life. Video diaries from diverse caregivers featured in the film illustrate this universality. While interviews with mental health experts and policy and legal advocates provide a broader view on the societal impacts. Through the power of unfiltered, compelling human stories, the unseen documentary cultivates compassion and tangible support for the caregivers in our communities. Welcome to today's episode of FASD Hope. I am so excited to be speaking with Tom and Amanda Dyer. They are the creators, executive producers, directors of this new, important, critical documentary coming out called Unseen. It's about parent caregiving. And I know that this topic is so relevant to our listeners and to this podcast community. So I had to have them on as soon as I received the email about this film. Not only did I sign up to watch it and donate to it, I reached out to Amanda and said, can you please be on FASD Hope just to share your journey and to share all about this amazing film? And and she and Tom were so gracious and said, absolutely. So Tom and Amanda, welcome to FASD Hope. Thank you. We are yeah. excited to be here. Thanks for having us. So what sparked you in, in conversing with you through email? Y'all are not parent, parent caregivers. What right. sparked your interest into becoming now becoming advocates through your film for parents who are caregivers of children, teens, young adults with um, not only disabilities, developmental disabilities, medical conditions. How did you all get into that world? Yeah, that's a good question because we're we're not parents or caregivers. Um, so it's, you know, kind of like, how, how did you guys get into this? Um, but actually kind of accidentally, it definitely wasn't planned or something we had mapped out. Um, it was just kind of a, a, a case of, you know, great timing or divine intervention or whatever you want to call it. Um, but we actually... We're, Tom and I were talking about collaborating on a documentary project, um, just kind of as something, a, a creative outlet. Um, and we just said to each other, like, all right, let's keep our eyes and ears open for a documentary topic. And not two weeks later or something like that, we saw, I saw a post on Facebook from a friend of a friend. So someone I didn't even really know, um, but she was saying that she's a 
a caregiver of a son with profound disabilities and they could just really benefit from a documentary because people had no idea what was going on and um, a documentary would be a great, a great way to expose that. Um, so I saw the keyword documentary that got, grabbed my attention and it turned out that it was it was Jess Ronnie who ended up being featured in the documentary um, and she lived, you know, 30 minutes away from us or something. So we met up um, with her and her husband, Ryan. They We just had a lot of conversations. They started telling us stories about their life as caregivers and we were just surprised, startled, mm -hmm. captivated. Um, we just couldn't believe a lot of the things that they had been through. Um, we hadn't heard stories like these before. Um, so we started, we kept talking to them. We talked to some other caregiving families, heard very similar stories and learned about other issues that were related. Um, so it just kind of took baby steps from there where we realized this is a, a really big issue that's not getting media attention, but just by the nature of it being something, caregiving is something that, you know, mostly happens at home, behind closed doors, people aren't aware of it. Um, so that's where the document, we, we felt like a visual medium, like a documentary could really make an impact in a space like this. Yeah, I think um, the fact that it was a new um, subject matter to us, it was, it was something that we didn't know about. I think that um, made it even more interesting at times for us to, to dig into. And I think our hope is that that allows us to bring a um, fresh perspective um, uh, being that we are kind of, um, uh, it's all new to us. And so the, the goal of the documentary is not only to, um, it was not only to make it for people in these circumstances or people that can relate to these experiences that you see in the film, but also to reach those who have no idea who are like us and were unaware of, um, just all the things that these families go through. So, um, awareness was a huge goal uh, for both of those, those audiences. And we could kind of take that position of the viewer who doesn't know this reality and make sure that we were presenting it in a you know compelling, informative way, because we, we started out there too. And so on behalf of parent caregivers, I thank you for recognizing that <laughs> need and, and jumping in. I mean, these, these waters, you know, many times you feel like you're just trying to keep your head above water. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're in like the really, really depths of the medical developmental, all that mm -hmm. stuff. I'm sure that Jess and Ryan really just shared what we go through, you know, so much. And if you're not in it, it's mind blowing. You know, when you share with friends or even coworkers this, oh yeah, I was on the phone for this paperwork and trying to get on this list and this and this service or whatever. People are like, really? And, and they just, I'm so glad you're bringing that fresh perspective of, hey, we didn't understand what's happening. We understand what's happening and everybody needs to know. Wow. So when did you all start filming? And because we are releasing this episode just before your premiere, when did you all start filming and, and how long did that take place? I think we, I think our very first conversation with um, Jess and Ryan was maybe like spring of 2019 or, mm -hmm. su or summer of 2019. I think we started filming in the fall of 2019, uh, I believe. It's um, all blurry now. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> and especially with, you know, 2020 right in the middle of it, that made right. things yeah. even more interesting. But um, it has been a long process, which we, we knew going into it, but we also definitely didn't want it to be a short process, right? I mean, it needed to be something that we lived with and that we, um, 
made sure that uh, if we're going to do it, we do it right. And, um, you know, uh, leave as few stones unturned as possible. And we know that we aren't able to address every topic and every experience and, and everything that um, these families go through or are going through, but our hope was to um, at least do a respectable job um, in the topics that we did, um, that we did approach. Um, and I, th I think we did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy how much evolved, you know, from those first conversations where we just really had no idea where it was going to lead. We were just trying to kind of understand what the experience was. Um, and then as we just took step by step, the, the themes really emerged that we knew we needed to address. And so then, you know, we kind of were able to map out the plan of what interviews do we need to do? And that, that's where the idea of, I don't know if you end up watching the film, there's um, that we follow the Ronnie family, but then we also have caregiver testimonials who caregivers from all different places across the country that sent in their own testimonials, answered questions that we submitted because we wanted to get a more diverse input. So like we wanted to hear the, the stories from different perspectives. And, and that really pointed out that there's a lot of things in common across this caregiver experience across the country. Um, it's not just one family's challenge. This is a really, a really common story if you, if you are a parent caregiver. Um, so just throughout that journey of learning conversations, interviews, we kind of, the, the idea and concept evolved as we went along. And that's how we kind of ended up with the fi final piece that we have now. And I haven't seen the film yet. I've just seen the trailer and what the promotional things that you have out now. And it, again, it compelled me to, to interview you guys because this is just such a powerful topic and such a misunderstood and unknown. People are just not aware of it. So, Amanda, you're talking about some of the themes that came up. Let's talk about those. What, as you continued filming, so this was over th almost three years, mm -hmm. what prominent themes really started standing out for you and what you were seeing in not only in Jess and Ryan, but the other testimonies you were receiving. Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning, the central theme we started out with was mental health. Actually, we were actually pretty focused on that to begin with. Um, Cause that, that was the story we kept hearing from people was like, you know, you can brush a lot under the rug, but eventually that if your mental health is not where it needs to be, that's going to catch up with you. Um, and we just kept hearing caregivers say that like, you know, you can just that that was really not, no one was looking out for their mental health, including themselves because they didn't have time or capacity to do that. And so that they're really struggling from that side of things. Um, but we eventually started branching out that theme a little bit because it became really obvious that while mental health might be a central issue, it affects everything else about your entire life. Um, so your mental health can affect your physical health. And we found all kinds of stats about caregivers having overall worse physical health than non-caregivers do. Um, it also impacts your finances. If you can't work and, or, and then vice versa, if you are struggling with your finances, that's not going to be good for your mental health. So we just started seeing how all these things are so intertwined um, and that's, and we really wanted to make sure we hit on a lot of those. So I, I would say those are kind of the big buckets, the mental health, physical health, and financial and, um, kind of like long-term planning. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what we really began to notice was that a lot of, uh, the, these caregivers lives were not supported. They couldn't rely on the support that, um, non-caregivers can rely on in, in, in daily life, um, that, everything 
that was harder for them or is harder for them, a lot of times it's so much harder for them than we even uh, can realize. And so the goal and a lot of this was to point out a lot of that, um, just the things that you don't necessarily think about um, if you're not in that. Uh, and so there was a lot of opportunity to, to shine a light on some of that stuff. And um, what was really interesting is when we started getting that feedback from other caregivers, um, just the commonalities, you know, a, a lot of people would say the same thing in different terms. And so that allowed us to kind of build up a, um, a communal voice along with telling this very personal story with the Ronnie family. There's also a very um, uh, communal echo that, that, goes throughout the film to kind of um, support what um, what you see in the Ronnie's fa uh, family experience. And while you're saying all this, Amanda and Tom, I'm just nodding my head emphatically <laughs> because those themes in the FASD parent caregiver community are so prominent, mm -hmm. physical health, mental health, financial, uh, you know, passing up promotions because it means less time with your family. Uh, and then most important, not taking care of yourself. It's we, we talk about that analogy of you're not able to put your oxygen mask on first because you're so busy consumed in that caregiving mm -hmm. moment. Um, one of the things that we, we talk about a lot on this podcast is how the supports that are supposed to be there for our kids are not there. And we either have to create them or mm -hmm. be very creative in figuring out how to do it. Um, and I love in the trailer how I believe it was Jess who said they say it takes a village to raise a child. But, you know, where's the village that rings true for all of us that, again, you have a child that has whatever diagnosis has these needs that requires your undivided attention and where is the support that was promised to you or, you know, guaranteed, you know, like for, for many of us waiting on wait lists for services and waiting on wait lists for, for funds and things like that. So what really struck as an aha moment while you were filming this, that, okay, this is so much bigger than this film and we need to push this to get into the right hands of those lawmakers, legislators, um, organizations. What, at what point in the film did you say, okay, this is bigger than the film and we need to just get this out there and, and be part of advocacy. I think for me, um, the, I don't know your answer to this. So well, here we go. <laughs> Buckle in. Um, I might be still in your answer, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> We'll see, um, we'll see. The the biggest moment that I can remember was um, pretty early on. Uh, we knew we were going to start working on this project with the Ronnie family um, and telling their story. And uh, we, I don't even remember exactly why we did this, but we um, we reached out. We we put a thing up that said, you know, uh, please send us to to caregivers all over the place. Send us. Um, video responses to the, this questionnaire that we had. Um, and that's what we ultimately ended up using in the film. But when those responses started coming back in, for me, it became a much larger story, a much larger issue. It was not just this one family um, that we were telling their, their story on. It was we're, we're focusing on this family, but it's really the story of so many other people. It's, uh, it's a, a massive community of people that 
I mean, that's where the title came from, right? They, they feel and seem unseen in a lot of ways um, in, in society and just e- even in uh, local communities. And so um, once those other voices started rolling in for me, um, that was pretty shocking. Um, and definitely the, a, a big point for me that was like, okay, this is not just, we're not just telling a single uh, family story here. This is, this is something pretty large that um, a lot of people can, can relate to. Yeah. I think it, there's probably two points I can think of where it sort of jumped in my mind. Um, the first one being like, our, I mean, our vision for this at the beginning was like, we're, we're going to do a small project and see where it goes. And, you know, we didn't really have a total plan, but then we had over over 100 individual people donate to our crowdfunding efforts to fund the production of it. Um, and I mean, just even people giving $5, $10, $20 just to make it happen. The fact that people would contribute their own hard-earned money to bring something like this to life, I think just was very meaningful to, to me that people believed in it that much. Just the, the idea that there was going to be something made about caregivers was enough for them to chip in, you know, chip in their money. Um, and so that kind of helped, reminded me just like, man, this is important what we're doing. It's not just, it's not just a side project. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal to people. Um, and then later on more recently, when we have been starting to do some like test audiences and early reviews and things, just the feedback that we're getting from caregivers themselves who are watching it and just saying like, it, it just means a lot to me that you would, people would even take the time to make this, that people are paying attention. They're saying like, you, you captured our thoughts exactly. Like I've never been brave enough to say this out loud, but this does it for me. Um, so just like hearing that feedback um, has really just cemented the importance and the, how valuable it is to the community. So we're very humbled by that and just glad to know that it is making a difference um, to caregivers themselves. And I really appreciate your not only sharing that, but I, I appreciate that this is just the beginning. I mean, now, okay, the film is made, everything's been done. Now it comes the exciting part of, okay, people are going to get that awareness. People are going to get mm-hmm. a glimpse into the lives of what it's like to be a parent caregiver. Now it's just like, y'all must be really excited about you know <laughs> having it, having it premiere and, and having it shared with the world. Those were great aha kind of moments that you all had. What were some surprising facts or statistics about parent caregiving that you learned that are really important for people to know? um, One thing, one number that jumps out to me pretty often is the, when we were just doing research early on to kind of figure out the scope of this, um, I found a number that's, I think it's 16.8 million caregivers in the United States are caring for um, a child with disabilities of some sort. Um, and so that's just on its own is a huge number, like 16 point. I mean, that's not a, that's not a small population that should be as unseen as it is. Um, but the other interesting thing to me about that is I couldn't find, and that's from 2009, I believe I couldn't find another data point that shows the number of caregivers for people whose children are now adults. So that was, that number is just under 18. So that doesn't even capture a huge portion of people who's, who are caring for someone that's not no longer a child. Um, so I think that's kind of significant that it's not even 
registered. <laughs> you can't even, I can't even find it. Like that population is not being isolated. Um, and if anyone has that number, let us know. <laughs> I, I haven't found it yet. Um, I did talk to one research group that said that it will be in their next caregiving study. So hopefully it's coming. Um, but I think it was telling that that's not been an isolated a population that's got attention on its own. Um, so that was very just eye-opening to me. Yeah. I mean, in a, um, in a more, uh, general response, I, I think the thing that stuck out to me from the very beginning and just grew, um, the more and more that we dove into this is, um, so much of, um, society, the societal support or, um, uh, support for these families, a lot of times gets so focused on the individual, um, and not necessarily the parents or the caregivers and, um, while that sounds maybe obvious and I, you know, obviously that person does need, um, a lot of support if the parent, if the caregiver isn't taken care of, I mean, that, that becomes a huge, huge issue, um, in, in many different ways. And I think just over the entire process of this, we've seen that shake out, um, in some surprising ways. And it's, um, I mean, it's crazy to think about. I mean, it's, we are all, we, we say this a lot, but we're all um, going to, most of us are probably going to be in a caregiving scenario at some point in our lives, whether we're caring for um, family or whether someone's caring for us or whatever that looks like. Um, and so uh, while every case is different, um, there's this common theme of, of care that um, just doesn't get, um, explored or valued as much as it obviously needs to. And so the way that that developed for us, I think just continued to um, stand out to me. And uh, it's, it's surprising. And making this film, you go from a family viewpoint to more families, to the societal impact. And and Mm -hmm. it's, it's this ripple effect. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you all did this film because it really is a ripple effect of, yes, this individual, you know, this child has a need, has a disability, has a medical condition. You have to look at the circles that surround this child because really the nucleus is the family. And if something is affecting that family member, say mom doesn't have a chance to go get her annual exams, you know, or annual visit at the doctor, then that ripple is going to be affected and that child ultimately will be affected. Not just, not only just that child, but that child's entire life. So we need to do a better job of supporting parent caregivers. And I loved when I read the intro talking, you all talk about that, that tangible support. So what, what were some glimmers of hope in your filmmaking that you learned were good supports for those parents? I mean, obviously there are not enough, but what were a few of the little glimmers of things that gave you hope that, you know, parents were getting, or maybe an unexpected surprising, you know, support like, oh, this person came out of the woodwork to help this person. Were there any stories like that, that that stood out to you? I mean, one thing that comes to my mind is um, one thing we learned throughout this whole process is a lot of people in the uh, caregiver community, there, there's definitely a grassroots uh, system there, right? Where you see uh, caregivers um, advocating for each other and supporting each other in, in big ways. And a lot of times larger ways than um, non-caregivers will, will support each other, right? I mean, I, I think they, they know the needs that um, 
their their fellows have and um, uh, can kind of band together in, in that way. And so we, we, we saw a lot of people that have um, caregivers that have nonprofits of their own or initiatives of their own that provide care or respite or support in whatever ways that they can. And so it was very, that's obviously very inspiring and um, uh, great to see. I think that the flip side of that could be that, you know, they're doing that because they have to and, and they aren't provided for in other ways. And so our hope would be to see, to see that change, but it, it was great to see the, um, uh, the community, community kind of um, lift each other up. Uh, it's always a, a very hopeful thing. And for those that aren't caregivers, but are interested in supporting caregivers better, I think it was helpful to know that a lot of the parents told us that they're not looking for huge grand acts of service of some sort. It's the little things that really make a difference. Like even just being a friend, just coming over for a conversation and a cup of coffee or making sure you're invited to things, even if sometimes you, if, you know, even if a lot of times you can't come, um, offering to grab something from the grocery store, like just these little things that really fuel caregivers to keep going, just giving that little connection, that bit of hope that can, you know, give them the motivation they need for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. Um, so that, I think that's, that's been a good reminder for myself is just, you don't have to make a big deal of it. It's just little things that being aware of the caregivers around you, finding ways that you can support them is going to go a long way and be very meaningful. Checking in, really checking in on those caregivers. And that reinforces a common theme. And actually, one of the reasons why we started FASD Hope was that isolation, Mm -hmm. checking in to reduce the isolation. If you're a parent caregiver, you know that this road is very isolating and being home or, or, or just being somewhere, but yet you can't really participate because you're taking care of your child. It's so isolating. And like you said, Amanda, just having a friend say, Hey, I'm at the store. Do you need anything? Or, Hey, can I just stop by? I, I want to drop off, you know, Starbucks or something that really makes a difference to those parent caregivers, knowing that they're that day, Hey, somebody reached out to me just to check in on me. That really, I love those parent caregivers. So now I want to give you all a platform to share. How can people watch this? How can people donate? I'm excited. I already signed up to watch and, and, and donate. Um, I want you all to share how, um, how people can watch, participate, and be a part of this much needed conversation, Unseen, the parent caregiver documentary film. Perfect. Yeah. So our premiere event is virtual. It's going to be online. It will be May 20th through 26th. So people can buy a ticket to that and then you can watch anytime during that window. So it's completely flexible. You can do it on your own time. Um, And you can find out more about that at caregiverdoc.com. So D-O-C. And that will have all the information about how to get uh, the details of the premiere, how to find our social media, send us an email, whatever, whatever steps you want to take after that, it's all there. Great. And I will have all of those links in today's program notes, as well as uh, when we share our, on our social media posts. So Amanda and Tom, I know you all are busy getting, you know, just getting ready and getting, getting all your promotional stuff ready. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I think this film is important. I think it's needed. And I'm just so so thankful that 
that you both did it. So again, on behalf of the parent caregivers everywhere in the world, thank you for making this film. Thank you so much. We are glad to speak with you and pleased and humbled to just have, to be able to make this small contribution to hopefully improve the support that caregivers receive. And before we end, I'd like to end on words of hope being how we're, we're FASD hope. I like to leave our listeners with some hope to take away with them. So making this amazing film, making this much needed film, what words of hope do you have for those listeners out there, especially those parent caregivers who are in those trenches and really feeling alone? We really just hope that this film shows people that and caregivers that they're not alone, that you may not hear or see caregivers that often or, you know, have them in your daily life necessarily, but that there are millions of caregivers that are sometimes having these hard days, but also find joy in the journey. And that while there's a lot of hard and challenging things, and we don't think there's enough support out there, I can say from doing this, that there are a lot of people at work to change that. Um, And we've encountered that they're, they're working in different spheres, whether that's as individuals or in their community or at their church or at their workplace. There's a lot of people trying to change this narrative that caregivers are struggling and giving and put more supports in place. So I hope that your listeners find that encouraging to know that we are in count. It's not enough yet, but there are people working on changing how that looks now. And with those wonderful words of hope, Amanda and Tom Dyer of Unseen, the caregiver, parent caregiver documentary. Thank you again for being on FASD Hope. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.